Well, last week we, uh, we started off doing a little, just a short series on hearing God's voice. And uh, just in case anybody wasn't here last week, uh, we talked about the fact that the nature of our relationship with God is that He wants conversational relationship. He wants friendship. He wants communion. He wants us to be in relationship with Him. He doesn't want to be an out there, distant God. He wants to be an ever-present God. And part of what that involves is Him speaking to us. Now, last week, just real quickly, we talked about what Him speaking to us is not. It's not a means by which we control our world. We don't get to use God's voice to control everything that happens in our life and other people as well. And sometimes, unfortunately, uh, it gets abused that way. It's also not a way to get out of responsibility. You know, God is never looking for puppets. You know, when you're when you're raising children, you're not looking for puppets, are you? You're not looking for somebody that just mindlessly obeys you. And sometimes that would be nice, but and doesn't ever think and doesn't is incapable of coming to conclusions on their own and processing information. You just want them to mindlessly obey. You're not doing that as a parent. God's not doing that either. Now, what God does want, he does want us to learn what he values, what is important to him, and he does want us to pay attention to what he says. So all those things are, are, are a big deal. And just at the end, I mentioned the, the thing that I always draw back to when I think of the kind of relationship that God wants with his people. Uh, and it's not, not exactly because these people got rebuked a little bit, but uh, on the road to Emmaus, you know, Jesus is talking to those disciples and, and there's, a, there's an exchange that's going on. And he's helping them with where they're at. They're listening to him. He's listening to them. There's a conversation going on, and it helps them come to a place that they needed to come to and, and to a deeper relationship with him. So I think that's what he's looking for all the time with us. We just have to learn to listen. Now, some people really have a hard time with this area because hearing God's voice it's like, okay, if you're a person that says God talks to me, maybe you should be in a padded room, right? Does he really do that? Because there are some crazy people out there that think God talks to them and they think he says really weird stuff, right? But there are people throughout Scripture that God spoke to, and, you know, obviously he spoke to Jesus. Uh, Jesus wanted his spirit to live inside of us, to be able to speak to us, communicate with us. So it's not crazy. It's not something that has to be spooky or weird. Uh, but it is something that is challenging to learn. You know, it's challenging to learn to hear God's voice. And, and so tonight, you know, we want to be really practical with tonight's uh, lesson because we want to talk about the specifics of it. Now, one of the things I said at the end of last week God's word is the primary means by which he speaks to us, okay? His, his, his word, the scriptures I'm talking about, primary means by which he speaks to us. Now, when I say primary, here's what I mean by that. It's the thing that everything gets filtered through, okay? It doesn't mean he doesn't speak to us outside of the scriptures at all, but the scriptures are the guide. The scriptures are the, the means by which you learn uh, to be familiar with God's voice. Also, here's, here's something that I want to say starting out tonight, too. If you're disregarding, if a person is disregarding God's word, God's, the scriptures that he's already given, you think God's going to be talking a lot to that person about other things? I think he's waiting for him to go, okay, I think I'll do what he's already told me. I think I'll listen to what he already, because you're, you're really preparing your heart for how you're going to respond to God's voice 
by already responding to what he said. So we want to be, always be obedient to his word. We want to treat his word with the proper respect it deserves. And, and also we want to recognize, okay, I, I read his word. I get familiar with how he says things, what he says, what it looks like for him to speak. Because, you know, when it comes to recognizing his voice, it's something that, that we have to learn. Now, some of the ways that he speaks, and I mentioned this again at the end of last week, uh, he does speak through dreams. He does speak through visions. He speaks through circumstances sometimes. And so the stronger your daily walk is with God, the stronger that relationship is, the more you're going to be able to hear his voice. Sometimes people try to hear the voice of God, and they've never spent time with God in his word and prayer, any of that, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, I need to hear what God's going to say. That might be tough. It might be challenging. It's not that he can't get through to us, but... Um, this is something that has to be learned. Now, some people might say, well, if it's God's voice, surely we would all recognize it. Because after all, wouldn't it be like booming and just like shake the walls and just like, you know, you know, this is God's voice. And uh, it, it's not always recognized. In fact, we can go to an Old Testament example. Remember the story of Samuel? I used to tell my kids this story at night when they were little all the time. They love to hear the story. And, and you know, we'd reenact it and we'd talk about all the, how he's, God's using their voice and then, you know, back and forth. Finally, Eli gets it and goes, God's speaking to him and says, next time he speaks, what do you say? Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Now, Samuel didn't know God was speaking to him, right? So he had to learn to discern God's voice. Now, for us, the biggest challenge I think we face when learning to discern God's voice is to be able to separate God's voice from our own thoughts. Don't you think that's the biggest challenge that we face? Because I don't know anybody that God's speaking to audibly. They're not hearing a voice that's outside of themselves, God talking audibly. He lives within us, so he certainly can speak to us. Now, I heard a statement by John Ortberg, which I thought was pretty neat, and he was saying this about uh, communication. Communication is simply guiding someone's thoughts. Like when you're talking to somebody, what are you doing? You're guiding their thoughts, aren't you? You are. You're, you're leading them to a conclusion. You're, you're, you're saying words that make them think a certain way, right? So you can communicate verbally, right? You guide their thoughts. How many of you know you can communicate without using words, right? Anybody played charades? Okay, what are you trying to do? You're trying to guide somebody's thoughts by either, you know, you're making some motions or then there's the, what's the one that they draw things, the game that they draw things, draw pictures. Okay, so you're trying to guide their thoughts by multiple different means, right? So here's the thing we ought to think about with God. Sometimes people think, well, if he's not speaking loud and like audible, there's no way I'd be able to hear him. Well, all he's got to do is guide your thoughts. Okay, that's communication. That's him speaking to you. So he could do that in a lot of ways, couldn't he? I mean, he could guide your thoughts in a lot of ways. So when we talk about that, uh, he's simply going to be finding a way to guide our thoughts. Now, we, this was mentioned at the end of last week, and I said we were going to spend some time on it this week, and we are. This is what we're going to talk about for a good bit here. Uh, the whole idea of God speaking that inner voice, that impression that we have in our hearts. Uh, 
how many of you would say, let me just, I'm curious, how many of you have had God speak to you through dreams? Now, when I say that, I'm not talking about you've just had a dream, because I think we've all had a dream, but you woke up from that dream, and there was some very specific guidance associated with it. You didn't, I'm not talking about you got up thinking, that must have been from God. I have no idea what he was saying, but that must have been from God. And I'm not talking about, you know, it was just, it was a really weird dream, so it must have been from God. I'm talking about you knew. You, you absolutely knew from that dream there was something that was directive. There was something that was clarity that was brought there. God spoke to you through a dream. Now, once again, how many of you have had that happen? All right. How many of you have had God speak through a vision? Okay, you've had a vision, and, and again, it was God, and he very clearly showed you something, spoke to you in a way where you just knew that that was the answer. That was whatever uh, that vision was intended for. What about circumstances? Okay, circumstances are a, a challenge sometimes, right? Because you cannot always go by circumstances. Because you remember when, when Paul... Uh, had some had I think he had the vision where he said come over to us you know he was he was going into I believe it was Macedonia and he went and and he ended up in prison I'm pretty sure I got my story correct it was where a Philippian jailer was all involved and everything now he could look at that and go I miss God I ended up in jail my goodness that couldn't have been God leading me there right he could have said that because the circumstance didn't seem to line up with his guidance but that's not necessarily true, right? Because sometimes, you know, sometimes God's not in something and everything seems like it opens wide up, right? It's like God's not in it. He's telling you no, but boy, everything sure looks like it's so good. And I know a lot of people, and, and this is the most common thing I get when people are looking for direction, making big decisions. They'll be like, well, I'm just praying God will keep the doors open if it's him, and if it's not, he'll close them. Well, sometimes that happens. And, and that's not a bad way to pray necessarily, but, but I really encourage people, don't just go by whether the door's open. I mean, you got the Holy Spirit inside of you. Don't just go, well, circumstances seem, because circumstances can be a little iffy. But there are times where God will clearly use circumstances to give you a clear, now that's not the way you need to go. Or, yes, that is. So not all the time, but sometimes that is. How many of you, though, would say, a majority of the time, okay? Not all the time, but a majority of the time, the way he speaks to you is an inner witness, an, an inner voice speaking to you. How many would say that? Okay. I would say my experience with most Christians that I know, that's the predominant way. Okay, so it's really important for us to understand this particular issue. Now, if you if you got your Bibles, turn over to 1 Kings chapter 19, because we use this term, uh, a still small voice, and there's a place that that came from, even though in the ESV that I'm about to read, it doesn't say that, but it does in the King James. So if you have a, a King James, you've still got still small voice there. But in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11, this is when uh, Elijah, uh, he had just beaten the prophets of Baal. Jezebel threatened to kill him. He took off into the desert, was depressed, wanted God to kill him. He was having a pity party. And so God shows up in this. And in verse 11, he says this, he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broken pieces, the rocks before the Lord. Now, get the picture here. God says, go stand out there. 
So he goes and stands out there, and the wind comes with enough force to break stones, to break rocks. Now, imagine tornadoes and things like that. I mean, there are some tornadoes. I've, I've heard tell that they can take a straw and drive it through a tree. So you're talking about a lot of force, right? So whatever happened here was a lot of force. So imagine not just a little breeze. It's not just like, hey, my hair's moving. It's not like that. It's like scary, okay? It's like scary force going on. And then he says, um, but the Lord was not in the wind. Okay, so there was this big dramatic thing that happened, but it says the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake. So I've never been in an earthquake. I would imagine that's a pretty scary thing when the ground underneath you begins to move and everything becomes unstable. But what did it say here? The Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, a fire. Now, if I saw fire come out of heaven, and I don't think we're talking about lightning, okay? Lightning's really fast, but fire really come down, that would be pretty impressive, would you say? That would also be a little scary. Uh, he says, so a fire came, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, the sound of a low whisper, or the King James says, a still small voice. So after the fire, after all those great dramatic things, the sound of a low whisper. Now, here's something that... that uh, most people experience as we as we age, depending on how good we've been to our ears through the process of aging, it gets a little bit harder to hear low volumes. I tell my kids all the time, you mumble, because it's getting harder for me at times to hear them. <laughs> and it's not like, you know, all the time, but every now and then it'll be just like, that, I thought I used to be able to hear that, but I can't hear it now. And so, you know, you got to pay close attention if somebody's talking really low. Okay? you got to pay really close attention. So God says, I'm going to speak to you. And then he says in a low whisper, he speaks. And he said, and when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? So God spoke to him, but he didn't speak in the tornado-type wind. He didn't speak in the earthquake. He didn't speak in the fire. He spoke in what? A low whisper. Now, why do you think that might be? Why do you think God might choose to speak in a low whisper instead of the dramatic fashion that, man, if it had come out of the tornado or if it had come out of the fire, I mean, he spoke to Moses in a burning bush, but here he's saying, you know, just going to speak really low, really quiet. Okay? Okay? It's not obvious. You have to be paying attention. So he does, If and a lot of times when somebody is speaking to you in a low whisper, you give them your complete undivided attention, but you can't hear it otherwise. Okay? Any other reason? Okay, so maybe you'd get the wrong idea if it was all about that type of forceful uh, impression that God would put on you. So he wants you to be trusting, uh, yielded. Anything else? We don't really know exactly why. So uh, it could have been just the way God decided. Uh, there was an interesting thing that I ran across. Uh, Dallas, Dallas Willard has a good book on hearing God's voice. 
And, and he points out, he says, the more dramatic the way the message comes, the more difficult it is to get the meaning. In other words, here's what he's, he's saying is the more dramatic the message shows up, the more we focus on the way it showed up and the less we focus on what's actually being said. And I think that's a true statement because sometimes when it comes to uh, people hearing God, they're kind of like, have you ever, you ever seen how people get around famous people? People get a little weird, right? They get a little crazy around music people or, you know, famous politicians or even authors or, you know, we, we want them to, if they speak to us, we think, oh, that was just wonderful, wasn't it? He spoke to me. He looked right at me and said something. What did he say? Well, I don't know. It wasn't important what he said. He just said it to me, right? Well, sometimes people get like that with God. He spoke to me. What did he say? Well, I don't know. It was, but he spoke it to me. It's kind of like if, if we go to a book signing, you know, we get them to sign it. They don't know us, right? And they write something in there, and for some reason that's special to us because it was said to us. It doesn't have to even have any meaning. Well, here's the thing that we should realize about God. God knows us, and God always has intentionality and meaning in everything he says. He never says something to you just so you can go, oh, God spoke to me. So maybe he removes a lot of the dramatic flair sometimes. In fact, a lot of the time, most of the time we might be able to say because he wants us to focus on the meaning and not how it was said. He wants us to make sure we get what he was saying, not just that he said it or how he said it. And, and you know how people are, right? If every time we got a message from God, a bird showed up on our window and spoke to us, like literally spoke, like the donkey speaking, you know, in scriptures, we'd be like, what would we do? We'd go out and tell everybody, a bird comes and speaks to me. You know, we wouldn't focus so much on what he said, just, hey, a bird speaks to me, like in English, a bird speaks to me. And everybody would be, what would everybody do? Nobody would go, well, well, what's the meaning? They'd go, a bird speaks to you? And that's what we'd be all fixated on, wouldn't we? There's a bird. You know, you need to video that. You need to put it on YouTube. You need to put it on Facebook, something. We'd be thinking about the bird. Well, God wants us to focus on what he says. He wants us to get what he says. So we don't want to learn, we don't want to despise the whole idea of low key, okay? Because there's a reason why God speaks predominantly. Now, I'm not saying there's not, uh, there's not times where, you know, he has, when, when Jesus was baptized, there was a voice that people heard. They said, some of them people thought it thundered. So there's times where he wants to get people's attention, okay? But most of the time dealing with his own people, dealing with those who are supposed to be his children that are lead, be led, being led by his spirit, he's going to want to speak to them in a way that is right inside and is very clear to them. And so we've got to learn how to do that. We've got to learn. Now, remember, communication, simply guiding one's thoughts. So let me ask this question to you. I'm, I'm curious for some different answers here. Uh, what are some of the ways that you guys learn to recognize God's voice when it's just simply that inner impression? How do you distinguish, okay, that's God speaking to me? Because I think this is one of the most challenging things that people run into because you know, here, here's where we tend to be. We tend to be in two 
dramatically different groups, okay? One group thinks when they belch, God was speaking to them. Oh, that must have been the Lord moving. And then another group's like, God could be like thundering, and they'd be like, I'm not sure if that was thunder or if that was God. I'm not going to say it was God because, you know, it sounded like an audible voice, but I'm not really sure it was an audible voice. And so we tend to be in these really dramatically different camps. And how, though, do we get to the point where we recognize the inner voice? What are some of the things that you guys have learned and your ability? Because, I mean, everybody said, yeah, I think God's spoken to me that way. How do you recognize it? Because way, the way you recognize it or have learned to recognize it might be helpful to somebody else here. Because here's what I will guarantee you. Everybody in this room is growing in this area still. I don't think there's anybody who has arrived in this arena. If you think you have, you're probably wrong. Okay? So we're all growing in this. So let's, let's help each other out a little bit. What are some of the ways that you can recognize God's voice? Okay. 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 So you can be certain at times this didn't come from me. Okay. So so when that happens, you go, okay, I know that's not me. That's God. Okay. All right. Okay. All right, what else? Right. Is this me or is this God? Test it. Okay. All right. Okay. So you're you're testing it a little bit uh, with some different means. Okay, because you mentioned more than one thing there. Uh, a good way to test that is bounce it off of somebody that you trust, another Christian. Don't test it with somebody who doesn't even know God. That, that's a waste of time. Okay, don't go up to a friend that you know doesn't is not even a Christian. Go, yeah, I think God's speaking this to me. What do you think? Because what are they going to probably say? You really think God speaks to you? Or, sure, go ahead. Sounds good to me. They're not going to give you real good advice. But, but somebody that knows God, somebody that's used to hearing from God themselves might kind of have a feel for that. Yeah, that sounds like something God would say. Now, what was the other thing Grant mentioned that I think is really important? Okay, the, here's another thing. If The more familiar you are with Scripture, the more you can recognize something being from God. So there's this familiarity that comes uh, with his voice. It's, you know, here's the thing. It's not so much that you can just completely doesn't sound like, yeah, I read that in Scripture sometime. It sounds like the kind of thing God would say. You understand what I'm saying with that? Like, there's certain things that 
that my kids, if, if, if somebody said, hey, your dad said, do this, and, and it was really contrary to anything I would ever tell them to do, they would, because there's some things that are pretty black and white in our household, they would probably go, no, nah, he didn't say that. Nah, I know he didn't say that. And so when you read Scripture enough and, and you hear something kind of going on in your mind, you might think, no, God wouldn't say that. Like, like, for instance, if you ever felt like God was speaking to you in a way that was abusive or hard or even mean, would you think, oh, man, yeah, God must not really like me very much today. And that's not his voice, is it? Because that's not how he speaks. But then on the other hand, if you ever felt like God was saying that, that something you were involved in that was wrong, oh, it's okay, you know. I still love you, and don't worry about it. I don't think it's a big deal, even though I said in Scripture that it was. It's not. Is that God speaking to you? No. I mean, you kind of get a feel for what God's voice is like because you hear him throughout Scripture. And the amazing thing about Scripture, and it was written by so many different people over such a long period of time, it's amazingly consistent. So it gives you this feel. It gives you this sense. So Scripture is a really good way to kind of measure things, kind of kind of get a feel for it. What, does that sound like something that God would say? Or does that sound like it's not him? Okay. If it's condemning, if it's, you know, all those kind of things, you can go, this doesn't feel like God, you know? So what else? Any any other things? Those are, those are all good things so far. Don? Okay. All right. Yep. Okay. So there's a confirmation that can come uh, through other Christians, through a message. I, I have that happen sometimes. I'll be, you know, I'll be praying about something, going through it, and I'll, I'll flip on a radio program. You know, I'm listening to a Christian radio program, and, and the topic that day will just really confirm what I felt like God was already speaking to me. And you know, some people might go, well, that's just a coincidence. Well, I don't think so. I think that's the way God works. I mean, he uses things like that to confirm what he's saying to you. And you think, well, how would he? He can't. Those things have been prearranged. Well, God's good at prearranging. He's amazing like that. He can do that. Okay, anything else? That's good. Do you have your hand up, Jerry? Okay, when you're saying the spirit, you're talking about your human spirit, the redeemed spirit within you, not necessarily. Okay, so there's, I think there's two parts there that, that are good. Um, there is the Holy Spirit that is within us, obviously, that the that voice would be coming from. And then there's our redeemed spirit that should be kind of bearing witness with each other, right? There's that witness of, okay, yeah, that's that's God. I think that's God. And so he put that in us. So we should certainly draw on it. We should certainly pull on, okay, the spirit of God is within me. The scripture says in Romans that, that nobody knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God, right? Just like nobody knows our thoughts but us unless we say. So the neat thing about the Holy Spirit being inside of us is the thoughts of God. I mean, he's, he knows them. He's there inside of us. So that's a that's another good one. Okay, what else? 
Right, right. Okay, so clarity. Okay. Okay. So do you think if you feel like God is speaking to you and you say, God, could you clarify this for me? Could you give me a little more light, a little more insight that God's going to go, no, that's enough. Now, what's he going to do? He wants you to know whatever he's saying to you to help you. Okay. Now, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that you, say, you do like Gideon did. And because, and you know, one of the things, if you look at Gideon's story, he was a little bit nervous about the second time that he did that because he knew what the Bible said about testing God. And there's a point where you can demand something from God, and God's like, you know, you don't get to do that. <laughs> but if you say, God, could you clarify? And I'm not going to pick the way. I'm not going to pick the how, the when. But if you could help me know, I just want to know for sure, this is you. Then I think he always answers that prayer. I think he finds a way to answer that prayer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and, and there are ways that he gets your attention if you kind of just go on your own way and you kind of push back against God speaking something to your heart. Because uh, there's times where we're seeking and we're really looking for it, and there's other times where God's speaking to us and we don't want to hear it. You know, we're not really interested in hearing that because it's usually involved in something we don't want to do. And, and so we're just kind of like, eh, I don't hear you. You know, kind of like a kid that's ignoring a parent. They really hear it, but they want to act like they don't hear it. And, and like Jerry said, God has ways of getting your attention. And you really don't want him to go to those ways. You just don't. You don't really want to go to that place. He's, he's very gentle in the way he'll do it at first. And, and then I just find that that will escalate a bit. And he's still very kind in the way that he does it. But still, you don't really want to, to ignore him. When you know it's him, you want to you want to yield to him, and that's that's part of the whole thing too is learning to to yield. Uh, don't you think also when you when the voice of God comes to you, there's a certain authority with it that's different than your own thoughts. I think that that there's a truth in that. Uh, there was a, there's a guy by the name of East Stanley Jones that said this: the voice of the subconscious argues with you and tries to convince you. The inner voice of God does not. See, sometimes when, when it's just us, it's like we're just kind of going back and forth and we're thinking about it from this angle and that angle, and God's clear. And, and see, God doesn't change his mind. So, like, if, if you thought last week, well, you know, I thought God said this last week, and then this week I think he says that, and they contradict each other, either one time or both times you missed it, right? Because he doesn't change his mind. So if you thought he told you something last week and this week you think he told you something that's the exact opposite of that, you you probably missed it one or both times. Maybe he's not in either one of those extremes that you thought you heard. So, you know, there's a learning process that goes with it. Uh, also, if you would turn over to, to James chapter 3, I think this is 
a passage that a lot of people have used over the years to kind of uh, give ourselves an idea of some of the fruits of God's voice and his spirit speaking. James is talking here about how to recognize godly wisdom. And this godly wisdom can be wisdom that comes through others, or it can be his voice and how he speaks. So I think the fruits of it are the same either way. But in verse 17 of James chapter 3, uh, it says this, But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle and open to reason, or the King James says, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. So when God speaks, here's, here's what I, th- I hear this saying, God's not a bully. He's speaking in a way that's peaceable. He's speaking in a way that's pure, that's gentle, uh, that's open to reason or easy to be entreated, full of mercy, good fruits. In other words, it's consistent with his character. How he speaks is consistent with who he is. So he's not going to go off the grid on how he speaks to you. He's not going to be different than who he is. And so uh, this is another one of those passages, I think, that is really good uh, for helping us recognize what are the fruits, what are the things that God um, God speaks to us with. Now, I'm going to throw a couple of things in here uh, when it comes to this arena of hearing God's voice. Uh, it's already been mentioned that it's good to ask for clarity if you're not sure. Uh, but also, it's, it's so helpful if you develop a lifestyle of listening to God. And, and I'm not talking about when you have a decision to make. I'm just talking about every day, every day. Because really, we don't want to be people that only seek God or only want to hear God's voice when we have a major decision and we're hoping, well, God will give us the right thing so we don't make a bad one. We want to be in a habit of talking. We want to be in a habit of listening. We want to be in a habit of that relationship. The other thing I'd, I would advise you to be careful with, because I think we're all in the process of learning, um, I would avoid as much as possible the God told me statement on everything. Because here's why. Um, every one of us is, is capable of either mixing our own thoughts with God's thoughts or, or we, God speaks very clearly to us and we immediately surmise what he means. And so when we communicate that to someone else, we add our own opinion to it. And so I think you got to be really careful because you never lose anything by saying, I feel like God is impressing me with this versus God said. Now, sometimes we think, well, if you don't say God said, it's not going to have the authority it needs. Well, if it's what God said and they listen to it, that's all that really matters, right? Because it's not about you. It's not about you getting to impress people by saying, God told me. It's about the message being communicated. And so I was I was listening to a message where a guy was talking about abuses in some of these areas. And everybody's, I'm sure, seen or heard of somebody saying something that was just off base and just out there. And this guy was telling about a story about a guy who worked with him in the ministry. He has a, a rather large ministry. He's a good friend of his. And some guy came up to him and said, God showed me that your sin is going to be the downfall of this ministry. Now, this guy had a tender heart, and he was, like, crushed by that. He, had, he labored under the weight of that statement for years. And, and what this guy was saying that was teaching, he's like, that guy could have come to him and said, you know what, 
I feel like God's impressing me that just just watch your life because you're really important to this ministry. You know, keep an eye on things. Don't let the devil come in from any direction that might catch you off guard because you're really important to this ministry. Now, he could have accomplished something much more effective by a choice of words and by not necessarily coming at it the way he came at it. And, and maybe he heard something and maybe he just put his own twist to it. I don't know. But, you know, those are the kind of things that I think make people, you know, when Paul said don't despise prophesying, sometimes people get very reluctant about the whole arena of hearing God's voice because of crazy things that go on. And so we just want to be, I think we just want to be really cautious with those things because we're learning and, and we'll always be learning. So we always want to approach it very humbly. We always want to, uh, even when we think we've heard God very clearly, we still want to, to humbly go, okay, God, I believe this is what I'm hearing and, and I'm going to move out on faith, trusting that this is from you. It's something that, that you've spoken to me. Um, when it comes to, let me, let me throw out one more thing here. When it comes to hearing God for direction, okay, um, are there some specific ways, because there's hearing God's voice just in the regular everyday life type speaking, and then there's, there's direction. Now, how many of you find personal direction harder, more challenging, I should say, than just, you know, hearing God speak encouragement to you or, you know, even, even maybe something to share with somebody else? Why do you think direction might be more challenging for us? We have some biases most of the time when we're trying to get direction. We have something we want to do a lot of the time or something we're afraid to do or, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that come into play. Uh, does anybody have some things that they've learned that we can share with each other again that help you in this arena of direction? Say, okay, here's some of the things that, and, and it may be some of the same type things that we already talked about. Anybody got anything different? Let's just say it that way. Testing it. Okay. So counsel. So, so there's times where God can give us peace, but yet there's a part of us that's uneasy because of the direction. It's not easy for us to do. Like, like somebody could feel like, okay, God's prompting me to get up in front of church and share something. I know it's God, but that scares me to death. And I'm really nervous and my palms are sweaty and my heart's pounding. And So when it comes to direction, sometimes there might be something that is okay, that's challenging for me. You know, I don't know if I, I can even do that, but I feel like it's God. And so uh, peace is certainly, it's one of those things in James that it talks about too. So that's good. Um, and, and counsel, I think it's also a good good thing. Uh, what about learning just to, to, to be quiet before God when you're looking for direction? Isn't that hard though? Because distraction is the world we live in. It's really hard in our day to be quiet. 
and, and just shut everything off. Now, one of the things that I think is, is really important uh, when we're uh, asking God for direction, in fact, that is one of the most important things is to actually ask him. You know, when we're, sometimes we're like, okay, God, I'm waiting for you to speak, but we haven't asked him for direction. You know, what did James say? If any man lacks wisdom, let him do what? Ask. Ask. So you got to ask. you got to ask for the direction. And then you have to, I think, stay in that place where you're listening. Now, quietness is a great place to listen. How many of you know you can, you can leave a quiet time because you didn't get an answer necessarily and still maintain listening? You can still be looking for, okay, God may use a lot of different means to direct me, so I'm paying attention. I'm listening. So it's set aside time. Okay. Okay. So so just setting aside that time to to talk to God, to listen to God, uh, a lot of times the direction can come in that place because you're listening. You're you're just putting yourself in a place of listening more. Uh, Even things like worship. Can, can be very helpful because what you're trying to do is clear out some of that clutter. There's an awful lot of clutter in it. There's times where I'll come here, even, even right before service, I'll get a lot of stuff said to me or thrown at me. It's not major, but it's just stuff I'd be thinking about, and it might be a battle during worship just to keep my mind from going there. I just got to wait till later to think about it. You know, it's not, it's not anything that has to be thought about right now. But the tendency is just to go ahead and start thinking about it. And so learning to just kind of push that stuff aside and listen and, and, and be in that position where we're looking. Uh, let me ask you this, too, though. What if you don't hear anything? What if you ask God for direction and he doesn't say anything? Okay, but what's that mean? It could mean wait. Okay. So, so sometimes there's still more seeking, more talking, more, more to go. Uh, do you think that that ever means it's up to you? Because I think sometimes God, because he's wanting us just sometimes to walk by principles. And so there might be a decision that either way he's good with. You're not asking something that's going to lead you off track. It's just two ways. And if he doesn't answer, sometimes that means... Go whichever way you want, and I'll be with you. Now, you know, don't don't run there and go, I didn't hear anything. God must be telling me, do it my way. But but if he doesn't speak, sometimes that might mean, okay, this neither one of these is a bad thing. You know, because there can be a lot of decisions 
that don't have a wrong. It just you got two ways, and God might give you the choice. He might let you apply principles you know and pick according to those principles. You know, He might let you do that. Uh, also, uh, here's the thing that's also something to remember, too. When, when you go to seek God about something, you can initiate, you can ask, you can initiate silence to listen. But guess what you don't get to do? You don't get to force him to speak. And sometimes I think we got to remind ourselves that we don't get to force him to speak. <laughs> or, hey, God, I'm fasting today. I'm fasting today. That means by the end of the fast, you have to speak to me. You don't get to force him to speak. He'll speak when it's time, when you need to hear it, when you're ready to hear it, whatever the circumstances. But you, you, can, you can initiate a lot of things on your part to put yourself in a position to hear, but you don't get to force him to speak. And so sometimes with hearing God's voice, we just have to recognize, okay, there's times where God might speak to me really fast. There's times where he might speak to me in this way or that way. There's times where he might not do it right away. For whatever reason, he just might not be talking yet about it. And and he's not doing it like people who don't speak to you because they're wanting you to grovel or wanting you to, you know, beg for what are you gonna come on now, why aren't you talking to me? He for whatever reason in his wisdom it's just not the right time. And so you can keep yourself in a position to hear, but you don't get to force his hand. You don't get to say, God, you've got to speak. You've got to do it within this time frame. Or here's what, here's what we like to do. God will only give you as much information as he knows you need. You know what we would like to get him to do? Give me the whole picture. Okay, God, three years down the road, I want to know what's happening here. Could you tell me that now? Because if I knew that now, I'd feel much better. And that's not always true. You know, when I was single, I I didn't want to stay single. I was I wanted to get married, but it took a long time. And at the at the early stages of my singleness, right after I was an adult, I was like, okay, God, why don't you just tell me how long it's going to take? Because then I can be mentally prepared for how long it's going to take. But now I look back in hindsight, he never told me that. If he had told me, I wouldn't have done well with that information because it took a lot longer than I thought it was going to. And I even remember my dad gave me a, a, an audio cassette of a guy's testimony about um, how his God led him into a marriage and all this, and he said it took seven years and all this. I'm like, why did you give me that? That's not encouraging for somebody to say that, that it was a seven-year process. Little did I know when he gave me that, though, it was longer than seven years before Valerie would come into the picture. So that's information wouldn't have done me good to have. And so God never gave it to me. He never told me how long it would be. And so in hindsight, that was wise on his part to not tell me. But I didn't know that then, and I really wanted to know then. So God doesn't always tell you what you want to know just because you want to know it. So he's a good father, and he knows what's best. So if he's not talking, you just got to trust there's a reason. There's a reason. If he's not ask, answering a specific question, maybe it's not time for you to have that answer for whatever reason. And and I guarantee you at some point you'll probably, well, I won't guarantee it because there are things I do believe you won't know until you get to heaven. 
There's some things you will probably not have answered in this lifetime. And you need to be okay with that. But there are some things that maybe down the road you'll look back on and you go, okay, now I get why I didn't answer that. I get why he didn't tell me that. And so you just got to trust. And that's really the bottom line of the whole thing. Keep yourself humble, yielded, and trusting. That's the best place to hear God. Anybody got anything to add before we close tonight? Anything that we've missed? Anything that you think, oh, this could be helpful to somebody? Now, here's what I hope you do with what we've been talking about, because we try. this is supposed to be really practical tonight. And I think it was, a lot of good stuff. Now you have to, like, start incorporate that in your life. Okay? And here's, here's once again, my advice. Don't wait until you have life-altering decision in front of you. And then go, okay, now i got to figure out how to hear God. Every day, talk to him. Listen to him. Bring him into everything. Now, I'm not saying that you, you want to say, okay, God, I'm about to take a step. Do I take one step or two steps? I'm going to wait here until you tell me. Don't do that, okay? God expects you by now to learn how to walk and know how to walk and not have to consult him about walking. But bring him in to other things that do matter, you know? you got somebody in your life you're having a challenging time with. Ask him, say, okay, God, how do I, how do, I do something different here? You know, show me something that makes a difference in how I respond to this person, how I react to them, how I speak to them. And, and that's not a life and death kind of deal most of the time. So it's a good opportunity. And then you hear his voice and you let him speak to you and you let him guide you. Test the water sometimes. Say, okay, God, show me something that I could encourage somebody with, something I wouldn't know unless you showed it to me. Now, then, then the, the real test of that is going to be whether you're willing to share it right? And, and you really got nothing to lose there because when you try to encourage somebody, they almost always take it, you know? So, you know, just start to grow. Start to expand wherever you're at. Start to take it out just a little bit further. Uh, listening, hearing, testing that, you know, going back and forth and saying, okay, God, was that you? Was that me? And then when you get to major life decisions, you got something, a familiarity with God's voice to, to fall back on. You don't, you're not in that crisis and you're going, oh, I don't know how to hear God. I've never heard God. I don't know what to do. And then you're just, you know, you might find yourself like, and hopefully you wouldn't, but, you know, Saul, he got desperate at the end of his reign. God forsaken him because he sinned. And, and, and what did he do? He went to a witch. He went to somebody who spoke to the dead. And you might go, oh, I would never do that. Maybe not, but you might find yourself doing some desperate stuff if you don't learn to listen to God. And so every day, give him opportunities. All right? Anybody have any prayer needs before we, we go?